Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 390, and we're recording this on Friday, the 26th of April, 2019. And we normally start this show around 8.30 Pacific Standard Time in the morning. And you can normally join us um, on our Facebook page, and you can watch it live. Uh, We've got a great panel. We've got a special guest as well. I'm going to let the special guest introduce him, and that's Lee Blue. Lee, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure, I'd love to. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be part of the group. I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, so I'm Lee Blue, and the main thing that I'm doing is I'm helping WordPress consultants uh, with business coaching and technical skills so they can earn five to $10,000 per month consistently uh, with the workload that you can kind of handle on your own with, uh, without having to subcontract out to folks. So that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. That's great. And I've got Chris. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yep. How's it going? I'm Chris Badgett from Lifter LMS, which is a plugin that helps you create, sell, and protect engaging online courses from your WordPress website. I also have a podcast for course creators, coaches, and consultants called LMS Cast. That's a great podcast. And my friend John, would you like to introduce yourself, John? My name's John Locke, and uh, I do SEO for industrial and manufacturing uh, websites, and I have a daily YouTube channel. And Uncle Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, it's Spencer Foreman from WPLaunchify.com. We have people build marketing automation sites with WordPress. And I've got my token woman here, Sally. Would you like to introduce yourself? It's certainly. Um, my name is Sally Getch. My business is WP Fangirl. Uh, and I have to admit that for the last few days, I've been so obsessed installing uh, my new improved development machine uh, that I haven't been doing that much client work. Um, but my clients will appreciate everything that this machine brings to my business. I think your sound is not going you're on the wrong mic. I think you're on the wrong mic, actually. No, it, could, it could be. I'm still uh, figuring out everything. Yes. Um, though it says it's using the right mic. Well, give it, it sounds a like tap. you're on a radio Give call. it a tap. Give it a tap. Give the mic a tap. Yeah, it's going through that. Yeah, it's going through your mic. Radio. Sorry, listeners and viewers, we've got to get our sound quality. <laughs> uh, um, right, on to the first story. Laberg and Gettysburg implementation for Laval uh, is now in beta. What did you think of this one, Spencer? <clears throat> Well, we were just talking before the show about there's a lot of uh, PHP frameworks that are popular that have been around for a while, like Symfony and I suppose Laravel and some other ones. And if you're a coder, I think what's good about this kind of thing is that you can bring your talents to the WordPress ecosystem in a way that converts the PHP stuff into blocks. And my own experience was this with, with this back before the WordPress days or the early start when uh, we were working on platforms it's amazing how much client pent up energy there is for stuff that exists outside of WordPress and where we made all our money. I I used the metaphor in the days of somebody had built a giant stadium and they had forgotten the hot dogs, the cheerleaders and the beer. And all we had to do was convert those things into a format for the existing stadium and people bought it in droves. So for those people that are PHP capable, being able to build blocks 
that can accomplish things with their skills where they're using Laravel or otherwise think makes me think that they can solve a lot of the missing pieces of the ecosystem and sell right into the WordPress, you know, the fans in the stadium. Yeah. What did you think of it, Lee? When I first saw it, I was like, well, I wonder what, uh, how many people are bu- building like WordPress lookalikes on Laravel? Because I know one of the main criticisms that people have with WordPress is it's not an object-oriented platform. It's, you know, all this procedural stuff. And, uh, you know, there's, there seems to constantly be this, this undercurrent of people who kind of want to have all of the benefits of the plugins and the community and the ecosystem that WordPress has, but kind of in the context of some object-oriented sort of a thing. And I was, and that's kind of the, the connection that I, that I thought, like, how, how are people using it? Like, what's, what's the, uh, like, you know, what are some examples of how people want to use, uh, you know, Gutenberg inside of Laravel? I don't think there'd be that many, but who knows? Um, Sally, what did you think of it? What? You're muted. I'm still, I'll mute you. There you go. Oh, won't let me unmute her. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she should be unmuted. No, no. Yeah, there. There we go. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. All right. So, um, you know, I saw this come up and I thought, look, it's somebody else outside the WordPress community who is really enthusiastic about Gutenberg. Um, This seems to be catching on, you know, with Drupal. And and it it is really interesting to me to see the popularity of of Gutenberg spreading. Uh, I think that one of the things that this indicates is that it really would be good to have a place where there's a universal library of blocks that people on different systems could use. And it doesn't matter if you're a Drupal person or a WordPress person or, uh, you know, building something custom in Lar- <coughs> with Laravel or uh, uh, whatever it is that you're, that you're doing that you could go in and, you know, find a block and bring it into your system. Um, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, how many more of these uh, things are we going to see showing up? Uh, I am somebody who knows PHP way better than JavaScript. Um, actually, I probably know Chinese better than I know JavaScript. Um, and so anything that lets me, you know, build blocks with PHP, like the uh, <clears throat> advanced custom fields, uh, is going to make me personally happy. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to go in and, you know, really start using Laravel itself because I haven't had a need to. Uh, but uh, I, I like seeing that this is happening because I think all of it will lead to more resources for WordPress users who are my users, um, you know, my clients. And uh, they don't care if it's object-oriented or procedural or, or any of that. They have no idea what any of that means. But what they want is to, you know, be able to uh, publish things uh, and make them look good. Yeah, I think this kind of affects a certain size of project and a certain type of teams, either uh, internal team that's working for a medium-large company and they've been told we're going to be using WordPress and they just don't like that it's not procedural or something like that. John or Chris, you got anything to add to this or should I go on to the next story? Go on to the next story, all right. Let's go on to the next story. Um, Why trying to be a system 
admin to save 20 a month is a bad idea. Uh, this is from a friend of the show and from a, who's also one of our major sponsors, but I chose it because I totally agreed and I thought it's a fantastic story. And I couldn't agree with this more. What did you think of this one, John? Yeah, so um, a few years ago, it was probably about like four years ago, um, when I was early in my developmental career, there's a local startup here and they were managing their own servers. They didn't, they had a WordPress site that was built by another uh, person here in town, uh, but they were managing it all on their servers in their office. They didn't have WordPress hosting. Uh, they didn't have anything like Kinsta to build them out. And guess what? Their site was hacked. It was all hacked. Um, they were getting uh, DDoSed on the daily um, there is all kinds of stuff that need to be cleaned out. Uh, you know, trying to do it, uh, manage your own servers, it's a full-time thing. It's better left to the professionals, unless that is really, truly your jam. Um, and that's not even the only story that, that I've seen. There is, there's uh, another um, a person that, that I used to do work for in New York. His friend hosted sites and was trying to run like a little hosting company out of his uh, apartment or whatever. But same thing, like the, the sites were constantly down. The servers were always down. It's a tough thing. You are much, much, much better off um, going with a, a, a host like Kinsta or, you know, one of the other managed WordPress hosts in the space and let them do all that hard stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, and also the rise of Digital Ocean and especially Amazon Web Services, especially Web Amazon, you know, they just think, you know, I'm a good PHP programmer, this is going to be easy, you know. And, it, you know, I've been dealing with a couple IT specialists that think they can knock out Amazon Web Services, and it's a freaking nightmare. What do you reckon, Spencer? What do you reckon, Uncle Spencer? Uh, I have this conversation almost regularly with my clients, and I'm going to turn it around for a second and talk about a good friend of mine's company originally. I haven't talked to him in a, in a while, but they they managed hosting. So, for example, uh, I think the Kinsta founders came from that space. But, like, you know, Jason Cohen's company that's now become all that WP Engine originally filled a void for something when people were using shared servers. And managed hosting encompasses a lot of things, but the metric was somebody with knowledge will set this up, we'll be on these newfangled cloud host things that we'll worry about, and we'll intervene to make sure that things are easy for you. The world has evolved so that now most of my clients who are using uh, WP Engine feel frustrated because WP Engine has become a school bus where the management of the hosting has gotten in their way with things like forced caching and forced varnishing. And by the way, I have to beg you to exclude something and people are paying a premium for it. So now those clients come to me and say, I didn't realize this was the root of the problem, but now that you've shown it to me, what's the alternative? I say, not naming names, go to some company that gets out of your way, but handles the wholesale part as a middleman for you. For example, it can only, it can only be kids to my beloved. Well, Kinsta's fine. I have, I have no axe to grind because there's lots of companies in the space, right? Kinsta's a great company. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm simply saying I happen to use frequently Cloudways as a recommendation because Cloudways is nothing more or less than they have five wholesale VPSs that are the engines. 
They have the dashboard and the people where you go in and you say, you know, give me this, give me that. Now, the reason that's relevant to answer the question is for somebody who is using those services, the hosting part is like the engine of the car. The what do I do about it to keep from getting hacked is the driver of the car. My opinion is the driver of the car is the WordPress consultant or the WordPress expert you're using, not the hosting company. In my opinion, the way that people stay safe today and get the most money is that the commodity of the hosting and anything to do with that part of the service is handled on a wholesale retail basis, but that the actual what's my website up to, keeping the plugins up to date, making sure the holes are patched, making sure the business works needs to be handled by a WordPress professional who is not necessarily the end user. So at the end of the day, I think that the, the, the new way of doing things is not to have an expectation of managed hosting, like somebody at the hosting company is going to help you get hacked. Or I mean, with all due respect to John's example, that happens. But it's not like managed w, uh, sorry, WP Engine is going to keep you from getting hacked. What's going to keep you from getting hacked is having either your own knowledge or somebody with knowledge who says, hey, these plugins haven't been updated in six months. Or, hey, you just put a PHP function somewhere that's like left the whole site wide open to attack, right? And so that's where the knowledge, I think, is valuable, is for people who are WordPress capable to come in and say to people, look, go get your hosting wholesale over here, and then let's build your site over here, and I'll be the person that helps make sure it's safe, but I'm not going to do hosting stuff. I'm not going to deal with the configuration of PHP INI anymore. I'll let the wholesaler do that. And, and just to leave my point, so I, I find it disturbing that managed hosting is still being pushed on people who end up suffering as a result of it in many cases. Because all my time trying to fix a problem with a dynamic e-commerce website or a marketing automation website because the imposed varnish is a huge waste of energy. Yeah. Okay. So, Spencer, you're, you're missing a really important point. I'm sure which I yeah, you said you sound like our foreign correspondent on the BBC. Do you know that? She's um, like sliding it in from the <laughs> It's Sally Gage. It's Sally Gage coming from Bangkok. Right, screw it. I'm going to use the built in uh, speakers. Wait, no, that sounds perfect. Stop <laughs> rattling about this. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> and I'll figure out my microphone later. Uh, but, Spencer. Uh, you're missing a really important point, which is that a huge number of website break-ins and hacks have nothing to do at all with WordPress. Not a thing. Not a single thing. They are about the way the server is set up. Now, I think, I think um, usually a shared server, but even if you set up your VPS wrong, if you set up your, um, you know, completely dedicated server wrong and people who get dedicated servers and don't know WTF they're doing with them will have uh, sites that are way less secure than the average cheap shared server. Uh, and then they will wonder why, why, why? Uh, but, but so that's not what I'm referring to because I agree with your point that if somebody knows nothing and tries to set up their own server, they're a fool. They get what they deserve. I'm talking yes. about people who know better and they're thinking that managed hosting. Yeah, but, but Spencer, that is a marketing problem. Okay, and I do I agree that just as there is a marketing problem with the way everybody sa has said, "Oh, WordPress is easy," or "You can do this without knowing code," 
and and so on. Uh, there is confusion about what is getting managed. Right. Usually right. what is getting managed is we are optimizing our servers for delivering something from a, uh, you know, from a database. We are, uh, you know, adding certain levels of server level security that, that you know, you, you aren't going to see or worry about. We're keeping WordPress itself up to date and not deploying it until we've tested it to make sure it doesn't like massively break things on our system. Um, and, you know, that they don't necessarily explain, okay, there's this thing called caching <laughs> and it is one of the, th- the two hard things in programming, right? The, the two hard things in programming being, um, naming things, cache and validation, and off by one errors. Um, And, uh, you know, if you are experiencing problems, you will need to clear the cache. Uh, And this is especially an issue. Some types of caching are not appropriate for things like stores where people are logged in or your cart. And, and et cetera. And if it's not set up well to work with that, you're going to have problems. Now, I have two people on WP Engine who have WooCommerce, and I have never run into an issue uh, with caching on the, uh, you know, on the, on the shopping cart or, the, or the, uh, the checkout. They fixed it universally for WP Engine after enough outcry. There was a period of about six to eight months where it was an ongoing issue. They finally gave into it, so they built in permanent exceptions to WooCommerce. What they have not done is kept up with building in permanent exceptions to other plugins that are necessary. So the problem that we face as things evolve, and I agree with your principle. I'm saying that as the site evolves and WordPress becomes an ecosystem of things that are really going to make a business platform, that these automations and these logged in situations are really no longer the exception to the rule. And Lee probably has something to say. They are the norm now that everybody is selling something, has membership, has marketing automation, and to have to beg on a company. Yeah, but I think, I just want to slightly interrupt. I think you're, um, I, I, I agree with you around WP Engine and some other hosting providers around caching. Now, but I think you're using that, uh, it's the wrong you're using the wrong um, reason to attack slightly what Brian Jackson says, because I think that's the way the hosting provider has chosen to do something that's beneficial to them, but not to the end user. What he's talking about is, and I'm going to throw this over to Lee to get his comment, is that I found the people that think they know a little bit, are the worst of the worst. They're the most bleeding dangerous. They get onto W. They get onto Amazon Web Services, and it's a Frankenstein. What's your experience, Lee? Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I have a, a story from a different perspective, from from like the WordPress consultant perspective. Like I used to do this. Like I know a thing or two about hosting. And so when I first got into doing all this, the first thing I, I thought I would do is, hey, you know what? I'm going to go over to DigitalOcean. I'm going to set up a droplet. I'm going to get Nginx on there. I'm going to install all the stuff. And, uh, and it was all going great. And so here I am. I'm at, the, I'm at the Potomac River with my family, kind of like out on this, out on this river on the pier and everything. And I get this, um, this text message from one of my clients like, hey, you know what? My, my site's down. And so that's like the worst thing. It's like Saturday afternoon. It's sunny. It's like early June. We're having a great time. You're doing a great uh, job of selling that. Like, like, like. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and so uh, now, now here I am, 
you know, we got to get up out of the water and go in, inside and, you know, pull out the laptop and figure out what's going on. And it took me a couple of hours to figure it out. What, what had happened was like the, I, had, I had fast CGI running at, that, at this time to try to keep things. And one of the processes went haywire and it basically took up 100% of the CPU and all the sites were stalled out on the server. And of course, I'm panicking and sweating the whole time. It's just, it's the disaster situation. And then I was like, this is enough. And, you know, why am I doing this? Why don't I just move over to a managed toast? And so I did. And then the next summer, the very same thing happened. I got this text and it's, uh, you know, a different client said, hey, you know what? My site's down. And the difference in experience was just dramatic because like now all the sites are on this other hosting service. And so I get on there and, and what had happened was Amazon was down for like 15 minutes. Like it was the Amazon web service outage that everybody heard about. And, uh, but, the, but the experience was so much better because I'm still out on the end of the pier. I'm, I'm looking to see, you know, when things are going to be fixed. And then once everything's, I didn't have to do a thing other than just kind of, you know, every once in a while I'd check to see if it was back. It was finally back. I just, I then emailed out everybody who had had a problem. Say, hey, it's all fixed. I didn't have to do a thing. And it's like, tell me that's not worth $20 a month. You know, I mean, that's, a, it's, it's fantastic experience to just have another part of your team. Cause like, if you're, if you're the kind of, kind of business where you just have yourself or, or maybe one or two other people like husband and wife team or friends or whatever, being on call to like, even if you know how to fix stuff, being on call is just like, it's not, to me anyway, it's not even worth anywhere near, I mean, 20 bucks a month. I and mean, I spent a couple hours on a Saturday missing out with my family at, uh, at the river. You know, what, I mean, what is that? Like, uh, anyway, so that's kind of the, the, the WordPress consultant kind of perspective um, from all this managed hosting stuff. So yeah. that's, that was kind of my, my, my take on it. So Chris... I bet a lot of your support calls are around bloody hosting, either shared hosting or they're on some digital ocean or or some Frankenstein thing. Am I right about that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I have a plugin business and a lot of the support has to do not with my plugin. It has to do with the conflict generated by another plugin, another theme or a hosting account. You know, outdated hosting is one of the biggest issues. Some of the best web people like who's more of a user than a developer. They've been in the game for a while. They bought their hosting account like seven years ago. PHP's never been updated, whatever. They have the most problems. And it's, it's like who should be rewarded the most is getting punished. But all that is to say with uh, Amazon Web Services, this article is not, um, or Amazon Hosting, this is not theoretical for me. I, I uh, at one point transitioned my agency before I had a plug-in business we were building really high-end um, WordPress-based applications. Like it did have WordPress in there, but there was a lot of custom tech and software on top of that. These are very expensive, high-end sites. And we decided to move from uh, regular hosting. We were on Media Temple at the time is what we recommended, VPSs, to Amazon. And we hired a sysadmin, kind of outsourced sysadmin person to kind of help interface with and we had high hopes but it was a disaster the experience was for our own sites for our client sites it was not worth it from there um we we ended up on wp engine moved everybody over to wp engine and from there everything has just been so much better i, I don't understand why getting into the hosting space is something that especially a, a agency a freelancer or a consultant would want to do you have enough on your plate Managed WordPress hosting has never been better. Look at Kinsta, WP Engine. Well, it's not, it's not only that, Chris. Lately, yeah. I've, been, I've had a couple really 
obnoxious confrontations with these Windows IT people that run the corporate IT and somehow they think that that because they've read a couple bloody blog posts that suddenly they become a Linux bloody admin suddenly and they can just bunny on W no Amazon Web Services and they're the worst of the worst because you can't tell them nothing. There's really a big communication <laughs> breakdown and what I think a lot of WordPress consultants or small agencies find out if they get into this world is a really good sysadmin is out there, but the one that you're going to be able to afford and hire or as a freelancer for you, they're going to be doing it on the side. The, I mean, I've heard these pitches before. You got a red phone, call this number anytime, but you're not like a really good sysadmin has a full-time job at a company and only focuses on that company's one website or just general infrastructure. It's not something that you can just piece together in the way that you can piece together a designer and a developer and, you know, a Facebook advertiser and deliver a result for a business. Like, steer clear. Managed WordPress hosting is the way to go. It's the best investment you ever made. Uh, backups, you know, the security level that they do provide, the phone support, get your client to buy it uh, or, you know, buy a package that includes it. That's just, I've learned that lesson the hard way. So yeah. that's my two cents. Right, we're going to go for a break. But before we go for our break, folks, I'm going to talk about one of our great sponsors. Guess who it is? It's Kinster. <laughs> um, but no, no, you know I love Kinster, folks. They've been a great supporter of the show for the past couple of years. And what do you get with Kinster? You get um, 24-7 super, superb support. I think it's some, some of the best support in the market at the present moment. And also the setup you're getting compared to some of the other hosting providers, especially when their uh, one-year introductory um, price disappears, is actually very competitive with almost anybody on the market at the present moment. So if that's interesting for you, your clients, and you want great hosting, go to kinster.com and find out more about them. We're going to go for a break, folks, and we'll be back in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back we've had a pretty good discussion I think I think uh, in a quiet news week I found some interesting stories I think uh, let's have a look at the look oh the oh Chris just disagreed he's walked off alright there we go <laughs> uh, he had enough of those stories he might come back you never know uh, oh, he's come back alright uh, um, so on to story three um Pools in freelance work to build 20000 a month WordPress plugin. What did you think of this one, Lee? It was, uh, I kind of read through the article and I think there's some really good tips about like how he grew his audience and uh, user feedback and all of that sort of stuff. And, um, and I found that when I made the shift from, I used to do bioterrorism surveillance for, for the United States government. 
And I always said out of that dark side for your character, <laughs> Lee. I, I knew it's all coming out there. Yes. You come and, across and, the sweetness and light, but I knew there was a hardcore at the center there. <laughs> but I made the shift from doing that to basically running a WordPress plugin business. And, uh, and the thing that jumped out to me from that article the most was at, at one point, I think in, near the middle of it, he's like, yeah, that's like the best decision that he ever made kind of moving out of, uh, out of like the, the traditional corporate kind of environment into being able to, uh, you know, take your ideas and you know, compare that to what's, what's going on kind of in the market, seeing, you know, what kind of slant you can put onto it to, to really, you know, help people in a way that maybe they're not currently being served. And then, uh, and then when it works, it's incredibly fulfilling and satisfying. And so, um, but it's also a lot of work. It's a lot of work uh, because you don't just sell plugins. You got to support them and there's, all kinds of, you know, and, and everything's constantly shifting. So you have to shift with it all the time. And if you don't, then, you know, there, there's definitely a, a dark side to the whole plugin world. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fully in support of, of, of the freelancing shift, you know, starting up a small business. And you can absolutely do it. Like one of the things I say all the time is that the WordPress ecosystem is the best, like a, a, that it's ever been. And getting into it right now is the best possible time because kind of like we were just talking about with hosting, like the stuff that used to be kind of complicated and hard and sort of out of reach for individual people, you can now solve it like payment security, just use Stripe or something, you know, hosting, just use Kinsta or Flywheel or WP Engine or whatever. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. And you can literally just focus on the thing that you're good at, which would be like, you know, writing, writing a plugin. Yeah, Chris, what I, got, what I got from this was that he also was very strategic about, you know, he chose to um, be a kind of sub, to kind of go on the back of a already built community, i.e. Beaver Builder, and build a add-on functionality. Um, and the page building um, has exploded, you know, like Animator's got like 3 million users, Beaver Builder's got over a million. So he kind of put in, himself into that fast growth setter as an add-on. Um, I really see that because um, I think if you're entering a new market, if you can place yourself in a community that's already established, that's fast um, expanding, your possibility of success increases dramatically. What do you think of that, Chris? Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. A lot of people don't get this about the WordPress community or the open source community. If you look at traditional SaaS, you know, where you kind of build something more or less from scratch in a silo. Uh, this even ties into our first article. We're talking about communities of communities with the uh, Gutenberg cloud or whatever. Like it's a whole other layer of abstraction. Uh, I remember when Puneet reached out to me for his WP Fomify plugin, he added Lifter LMS integration. I didn't even ask him to do that. He just did that. He let me know. I helped him promote it. And uh, that's just the power of the ecosystem. If you share a common customer, you know, WordPress, you know, on top of that, page builders make it better. Then his power pack add-on for page builders is another layer of abstraction on top of that. And then you have all these other tools that people just keep stacking on to solve different business or communication problems or opportunities. Uh, that, is a, that is the nature and the power of the WordPress community. And the people that get in there and strategically um, connect and collaborate with other players in the space. That's what this community is all about. If you try to do it alone, it's really hard. But uh, yeah. a community... You know, I think, 
because like um, recently I've had a couple um, companies that produce learning management system plugins. They've approached me and they wanted me to try it. They are even prepared to give me some money. And I just haven't got the, I haven't got the bandwidth to do it. And secondly, I question, unless they're very, they're very, very good at marketing, you know, there are some people in the WordPress community that enter very extremely competitive markets and, but they're very good at marketing and they're very good at finding a, a kind of a, a way of entering that market, a key bit of functionality, which the competition haven't um, exploited and they market the hell out of that one key to get, get them in. But unless you're doing that, just producing another learning management plugin isn't going to, I just don't think it's going to get you a lot of traction at the present moment. What do you reckon about? I suppose you're going to agree to that, Chris, but honestly, <laughs> yeah. I just don't, but I think it applies to a lot of areas, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just the, uh, it's not just about the tool and the code and what it does. Um, you know, it's easy, to, it's open source. You could just copy something and open a new plugin tomorrow. But there's a lot that goes into it, community building, uh, the ability to market, the ability to help your customers be successful with your product. There's a lot of other things that go into making a successful product or service business besides just the features. What, what did you think of this, uh, John? Right. I think it was like really interesting because um, the plugin business came out of the agency. And uh, that's what Beaver Builder itself was originally. Fastline Media was the agency. And uh, then they started uh, Beaver Builder. And Chris Badgett down here, uh, he had a, a web design agency. So I, I think if you have a team that um, can build that product and you have a, a person who can market that product, and uh, you can build that community and, and listen to the community and uh, keep up with the, you know, the changes that are happening um, in, in WordPress or, or whatever ecosystem that you're building on top of. Then you can definitely grow uh, in, into a product company from being a, a client services company. So. so what do you reckon, Spencer? Do you think I might be a little bit right that if you're entering this, you'd probably be better on that? looking at the add-on market initially if it's your your kind of first plug-in experience rather than something normal you know taking you know building another learning management system and taking on learn dash or lift lms or something yeah i i mean i the short answer yes the longer answer is that i think this has been true from the beginning of wordpress but it's even more pronounced now because the bigger players have essentially stake their claim. So uh, there's a word I use to describe this for entrepreneurs that we help. I call it the birdie on the hippo's back technique. And that is to say, you know, those little yellow birds get all the food and safety they want by riding around, picking the bugs off the back of a hippo. They don't have to look for anywhere else. If you're a person with skills like, you know, Puneet here and is, you know, found there is a need relates back to what I said at the beginning of the show, where if you've got a big ecosystem that they left out some parts. There's tons of money by bringing the hot dogs and the beer and the cheerleaders to somebody else's vacant stadium if they don't do it. So I think that's the really only way that somebody can get uh, the kind of business that they're experiencing. And that's actually a great way to do it. 
because the alternative, it has to be a revolutionary type of a product. It has to be something that has not done before. Jack Arturo's WP Fusion plugin is that kind of a plugin. It was something that was never before there that connects your CRM to your WordPress ecosystem. And now he can begin to build the relationships with everybody because there's nobody else doing it. It would be a foolhardy endeavor to try to take on an LMS or to take on WooCommerce or to take on gamification or something. It's just stupid. There's too many people embedded in there. But here's the cool thing. This is a perfect example of how as the WordPress ecosystem evolves and there becomes more continuity amongst all the parts, that that actually increases the opportunities for people who used to have to go out and hustle to build pretty websites to instead build a very specialized solution that adds on to some other ecosystem where you find a need. And whether it's a plugin or a service or a combination of the two, the opportunities are amazing. And as the things change, it'll just grow more opportunities, which is a political statement, but I just want to reference it. You know, we talk sometimes about boohoo for coal miners and stuff, but there's actually coal miners who are open to the idea and people offering it. Let's retrain you to be solar panel installers or, you know, electric car builders or whatever. It's the fear of the unknown that stops a lot of things from happening. And if you're somebody who's frustrated because your PHP skills aren't as in demand as before, maybe apply them to building a plugin or an accessory to an existing, you know, block market. And ta-da. So what do you reckon, Sally? Um, well, this, this is one of those it depends uh, cases. I think it can be great to build something on, on top of something else. If you say, hey, you know, uh, now that we have Elementor, now that we have Gutenberg, you know, now that we have Lifter LMS, there's all kinds of stuff you can build on top of it. That there was, you know, a huge a third-party system for for both uh, WooCommerce and EDD, and I think that can be a, a great way to to get into things. And yet, uh, we've talked several times on the podcast about how it seems we are not at market saturation for a lot of things. That exists. I mean, look at WP Forms saying, all right, you know, we've got a billion form building plugins, several of which are very good, and, and yet we're going to make a new Forms plugin. Uh, <clears throat> or even that, you know, Elementor was a, a comparatively late entrant into the page builder uh, field and yet really took off. Uh, you know, my inspiration would usually not be to build something that there's already a good version of unless I really needed something that absolutely none of them provided or, or, you know, that I, I couldn't tinker with, um, you know, but you may want to build a, a completely new thing if it seems like it just doesn't exist. And as, you know, Spencer said, well, there, there really wasn't anything doing what WP Fusion does, but you may have an idea for a new way to do uh, something that other people are already doing. And then it takes off um, sketch. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the cat thinks so too. I don't know um, how you do this. You just keep on talking, and that beast is. Well, this is because she does this to me all the time. I would never get anything done if if I had to be completely distracted by the fact that ADD kitty needs attention. Yeah, um, kitty needs attention. Yeah, there we go. Yes, it's. Uh, I was honestly more impressed by the fact that you know he was able to save enough money working as a freelancer to start to, to to put the time in to develop a, a plugin because that kind of development is pretty time consuming. 
And then if you're not uh, generating uh, revenue at, at the same time, uh, you know, you could, you could be in trouble. And, and that's uh, part of why people like to, you know, go out and get funding and, and then end up, you know, beholden to somebody else. Yes, and yeah, I think we go where you're coming from. On to the next story. Um, oh dear, this is this is a, this is a fantastic story. It came from John. I think you just got to laugh at this one. Was it Accenture? Accenture sues over website redesign so bad that hurts car hire biz. Demands thirty-two million plus for defective website. <laughs> What do you reckon? That, um, I don't know. Let's ask Lee. What did you reckon about this one, Lee? I don't know what to say about that. I mean, it sounds at at first you think, oh well, what a, what a mess, you know, what what a bad web design company. But on the other hand, it's like it seems like you know, whenever whenever I hear like you know the, the web design or, or one, you, have you ever heard the sound of you know, beware of the sound of one hand clapping? You know, it's like there's always the other hand somewhere. And so, like, I feel like there's probably some degree of blame on the part of the actual business. And um, so it's just like, why did they let it escalate to that level? That, that was the biggest question in my mind. It's like, well, can't you see that it's kind of going awry when you're you know, like a, a tenth of the way to, you know, into the problem that they ended up being in? And then to do something about it a little bit proactively? I've so got one, I got one key word for that, Lee, and it's called internal politics. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that's why uh, um, this is... Uh, um, it's got all the signs of a power struggle, probably in both one of the companies, probably Hertz. Or what. what do you reckon, Spencer? I, I think there are a couple of things from this. First of all, it is amazing how corporations live in a different bubble of mindset than normal human beings or entrepreneurs, because the fact that a company thinks that it costs $32 million to build a website, <laughs> incredible. I mean, that's like the $10,000 toilet seat with a couple zeros at the end of it. The second part that I take away from this is that it's amazing how big the balls are on Accenture to say, you owe us 10 million more (laughs) or go F yourself. The third takeaway is I think that Matt Mullenweg should contact Hertz and say, the solution to your problem is we will take all of these developers and people that are in WordPress and you'll hire all of us for 4 million bucks or 5 million bucks, divvy it out pro rata. And now everybody will have a vested interest in the ecosystem of WordPress. Problem solved, win, win, win. Because otherwise, this is the kind of bullshit that like the world is so divided between reality and non-reality. I mean, you know, tragedies like the fire in France bring out hundreds of millions of dollars to fix the roof when the same people say, we don't have enough money to give clean water to kids like next door. This is the kind of stuff like a corporation could spend $42 million. Oh, you've got to get your parties right, Spencer. Sort of, I mean, it's just whacked. Just whacked. The roof on. Yeah, yeah. Right. What do you reckon, Chris? Uh, the thing at the very beginning of it where it says that Hertz hired them to redo their online presence, I think that's where it fell apart because – Online presence, I mean, that you can do that if you are a small agency or freelancer, and there's going to be caps on what that includes. But that's, that's a website, that's a mobile app, that's social media marketing, that's pay, paid per click. It's, it can be so many different things that I, 
and the, like really a lot of agents, it's better to work with agencies that specialize in like, oh, Instagram marketing or website design and development. SEO, it's to me like online presence if, is a lot for one company to manage at, for, a, for a big corporation. So that's what to me seems like the issue is here. Yeah, I, I would like to see what the scope oh, of work was. There's a there's a web. If you click the PDF, I, I put on my lawyer glasses for a second. There's a PDF of the filing, the complaint. Although Chris's point is well taken, there may be more stuff. It's about their e-commerce website. Okay, that's it. So it's thirty-two million bucks for the e-commerce website. It's not like spray well, and pray you, SEO you, budget or average. They should have just gone to Shopify. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll take two zeros off. I'll do it for you guys. Three twenty, no problem. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah, but um, I forgot the guy. Um, there's, I've been watching a couple of YouTube channels with a couple of leading designer types, and one um, one guy's got um, a motion um, agency in Southern California, and I forgot his name. He's a he wear Christo. Christo, and yeah. he goes around the world, and he has the. It's all on his YouTube channel, and they talk about pricing and how you price something. How do you price a logo? It's fascinating. It's a totally different world, a different mindset. It, it, it's um, how he, you know, um, I give him his balls. He's a astute businessman, and. He's more astute than you, Spencer. Uh, um, and uh, um, he, he just, um, all the thing about pricing, positioning, what a client expects. If you want to learn a lot, you can go. It's quite interesting stuff, isn't it, John? Yeah, definitely. So that YouTube channel is the future with no silent E at the end. Uh, so go check that out. Um, this situation hurts. Um, a Fortune 100 company, they're not going to hire anybody outside of Accenture or Sapient Razorfish or RGA or like one of these mega agencies that have offices in 30 uh, cities around the world. Because if they hire somebody smaller or if they pay less than $32 million, that is uh, risky to them. Uh, like you were talking about with pricing. I mean, they have to pay that much because paying less, they're not going to have the level of oversight. Now, unfortunately... Well, it's, it's a bit yeah. like no one ever got sacked in IT department for hiring IBM, did they? Right. Unfortunately, like with these groups like Accenture, mostly <laughs> what they do is oversight. And so like some account executive comes in and schmoozes Hertz, um and then it gets kicked down to uh, uh, a large agent or like a medium large agency who subcontracts out to a smaller agency who subcontracts out to, um, you know, like a small team or like an offshore team. That, I mean, I don't know the, the exact details, but that sounds like what happened here because of the level of, of the botch up. Uh, to this, like it's not even responsive. I mean, that's the only thing I can figure. But but that's actually what happens is it gets kicked down like several levels to who's actually who's doing the work. 
So I feel sorry for the judge. He probably doesn't even know what responsive even means, and he's going to have to read all this shit and try and make some bloody sense of the. Oh, you know, I know they paid a lot of money, federal judges, but you've got to feel a bit sorry for the poor bugger, aren't you? It's like Biggie Smalls used to say, Mo money, mo problems. <laughs> That's all. This is just a typical freelance problem with a client. Just add about five zeros on the end of it. It's the same exact conversation. It's just now that it's in court and it's 32 million instead of 3,200. That's it. Yeah, right. Right. I'll, uh, um, I'm going to drop the last story and we're going to go into our tip tip of the week or product. And um, I'm going to push something slightly different. Um, I'm going to do Steve Jobs, The Lost Interview, and you can buy that for 10 bucks on iTunes, or you can rent it for $2.99. And um, the reason why, um, I think a lot, a lot of the interviews with Steve are a bit disappointing. Um, I don't know, because he was ill in the later period of his life, or they, a sense you don't really, and then you got this, myth that he could alter reality and I think sometimes he did push it a little bit but with this interview I think you really see the brilliance of the man you really see a really analytical thinker that really has a grasp of the big picture and you can see why he became such an influence in Silicon Valley and in society in general, really. Right, um, anybody, what about John? What's your tip of the week? Um, yeah, so um, my tip of the week is a book that I read uh, when I was first learning this web design stuff uh, around 2009, 2010. It's a book called The, the Elements of uh, Typographic Style by Robert Bringhurst. And what reminded me of this is I was watching a video from the lovely people at AJ and, and Smart, uh, Jonathan Courtney, who was interviewed uh, in WP Tonic episode 181. Uh, but they were they were talking about this book, um, and I'm like, oh yeah, that was such an excellent book. Uh, if if you're starting web design, uh, or if you're a veteran of web web design, check out this book. You will learn uh, quite a bit about typography in it. So. Uh, Sally, you got any tips on that? I do have a I do have a tip. It it, it wants a uh, it wants a photo for for illustration. But um, so I bought uh, this super powerful uh, laptop, and um, I have yes cats. And you know what you don't want in your fan intake is cat hair. Uh, <clears throat> cat hair and, and fans bad combination. Uh, <clears throat> And the, the, there's an enormous fan intake on the back of this machine because it has super powerful fans, because it has super powerful everything else. Uh, when you hear them spin up, it's like it's going to launch. Um, and my husband on his desktop machines uh, cuts up nylons and pulls them over the, the intake, which is great if you have that shape of, of – uh, but, you know, that fabric is, is hard to work with. So I had a brainwave uh, a couple of days ago. I ordered a roll of um, – organza and some uh, black, uh, basically crafting masking tape and, you know, cut it to shape. And I now have these uh, <clears throat> wonderful uh, filters uh, over the outside of, of my fans to prevent the 
kitten from getting in there. Uh, and it was only like 10 bucks for 25 meters. So I have like a lifetime supply uh, that will probably outlast the computer. Although since my other computer is six years old and still runs pretty well, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a while. So if you have uh, animals that shed uh, or other, uh, you know, large particles that have been gumming up your fans, uh, make some filters for them. Well, you have to supply some fi- some pictures and send them. I to put one, I put one in Slack. I'm oh, not right, sure. so, and Spencer's Spencer's found a, a, enough a solution for that as well. Obviously, fur <laughs> in his machine is a problem that he's faced <laughs> as well. Uh, um, I've lost uh, Spencer. Have you got uh, apart from the fur in the machine? Have you got? Right. Some- yeah, I have my. I mean, I have another product, but my solution for cat hair is I just wrap the cat in saran wrap. <laughs> just go right to the source. Just, just, just get a hairless cat, and you'll be good. I actually, if you go to hairlessdog.com, not joking. I had a hairless dog for twelve years, and it was the first website well, ever built. Because he was living with you. <laughs> he lost all his yeah. The, the number of questions of, oh, what is that, came up, so I had to build a website. That, right, yes. Is, is that a rat? Um, right, in 1997. Uh, I would recommend Flixier.com, which solves a problem some of my clients have had, which is to say they don't have video editing skills or stuff, and they need to do more than that one video thing you can do with you know iMovie or whatever. So essentially, it allows you to treat a bunch of movie clips, layman style, on the screen into something resembling an editor that is easy enough for your, you know, grandma to use. And, you know, I had a few clients that need to do like, I'd be really impressed if my grandmother could use that from the grave. Thank you very much. It's like those remote controls you buy at the Walmart that instead of 40 buttons, it's like this big and it has like two buttons on off. So Flixier is worth not for any serious editing, but for somebody who has a client that's like, uh, you know, I got to put something on the homepage. It's worth checking out. And Lee, have you got anything? Well, I've been using this this app. I can't remember if you and I talked about it the last time we were together or not. Um, but it's called Notion, and it's new to me. It's not a new app altogether, and um, but it's it's solving so many of my problems. It's like a combination of like Evernote, Google Docs, like a spreadsheet, like a lightweight CRM, uh, a lightweight to do list. It's like all of these things in one thing, and it's like. I live in the thing. Like I've been using it now for about a, maybe six weeks or so. And, uh, and I was kind of tentative about doing it because I had all the other apps that I like. I was, I was taking all my notes like in Bear, which is like this really nice, you know, markdown aware note taking app that, you know, that syncs between your Mac and your phone and whatever else. Is a, I don't think there's a web version of Bear yet, but there is for Notion. And so like you've got, you've got like a web access to it. You've got, got a desktop app. You've got a mobile app. And as you make notes, everything's all synced across everywhere. So like wherever you are, you have an idea, you need to remember something, it's all there. You can make these really specific views onto larger, like if you have a huge kind of like spreadsheet thing going on, you can like filter a view and then save that snippet and put that on a page. You can really get like this awesome dashboard of your life going on. Everything from when I last filled up the gas tanks to, uh, you know, what's going on in, in the web world. I really like it a lot. So it's, I think it's notion.so. Yeah, is the, yeah, their website. Interesting how I have a look at it. Yeah, they, they talk about it on the um, mm-hmm. on, uh, Shop Talk podcast. And one of the hosts likes Great to, when you're on a laptop, to too, because uh, I used it for a while because it saves you from all the, like, which window to open kind of a, a, a situation. It's really handy. Right, Chris, have you got something? 
Yeah, I was just going to recommend this microphone I'm using. This is a Samson Go Mic Mobile so that you can move around your room. You already recommended that, Chris. And you're not tied to, uh, you know, the the boom mic or whatever. And uh, it's only like 85 bucks. So just can you dance? What was that? But can you dance now? I could, in theory. (laughs) We might not want him to. That, that's the kind of answer you get from a you know owner of a business, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Um, so I think we're coming to the end of the shot. Sally, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? I am at Sally Getch on Twitter. Uh, my website is wpfangirl.com. Uh, the meetup is at eastbaywp.com. We are having a meeting on Sunday to talk about uh, search plugins for WordPress to make your internal search better. Uh, and if you can spell my name, you will find me. I am unique on the interwebs. What computer did you actually buy? It is a, a, a Sager. Uh, they custom build gaming laptops. It is like completely made of awesome. This is a, uh, it's got a, a beautiful 4K matte screen, uh, 32 gigs of, of RAM, uh, 8 gigs of like graphics RAM, and uh, I have a have two uh, one terabyte SSDs in RAID zero, and then a, a two terabyte uh, FireCuda uh, SSHDD uh, that everything gets automatically backed up to, um, and uh, basically a whole lot of awesome. It weighs eight and a half pounds. It's almost bigger than I am, but it is amazing. It starts up like instantaneously. Um, Sounds like a beast. I'm sure the cat keep the cat warm, won't it? Uh, it runs amazingly cool, probably due to those super-powered fans. Yeah, it probably does. Yeah, I was English sarcasm there. Um, Lee, um, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, head over to doublestack.net. That's, uh, that's my website, and it's for... Uh, WordPress consultants who are working you know, directly with clients and they want to do two things. They want to be able to do like some business consulting, but also have the, the technical ability to kind of implement the stuff you're talking about. So um, you head over there, there's, there's like probably over 50 different free training sessions there. And, um, and if it sounds like something you want to talk more about, then, you know, we can talk. Yeah, no, yeah but you got to get rid of that um, massive overlay on, on the homepage that prompts me to sign up before I have the faintest idea what your website is about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right, Chris. Chris, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? You can find me at lifterlms.com. I'm all about course creation. And uh, if, you want, if you're into that, check out lifterlms.com. That's great. And John, how can people find more about you and what you're up to? Two places you can find me. Uh, one, which is my website, lockdownseo.com. Second place is my YouTube channel. Just search hashtag lockdownseo. Like I said before, publishing new videos every single day. And Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can find me at wplaunchify.com. And one last thing for Sally, I'm wondering, does this have a broom handle attachment with your laptop so you can turn it on and actually vacuum the carpet with the <laughs> Like a Roomba or something? It uh, it, it, it's, an, it's an interesting... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, interesting suggestion. It's right. 
I think we end the show now, folks. Um, it was a great. It was a, been a great roundtable show. We'll be back next next week at eight thirty a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And like I say, you can watch the show live on our Facebook page. And we'll be back next week, folks. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.